0: Hi, my name's Jonathan Knight, and we're on Talking Blues.
1: I thought you were going to go with John.
0: I changed him.
1: <laughs> okay, so you're not, before we start, like, Montano, you're not the Jonathan Montano. Knight from the New Kids on the Block,
0: right? Oh my God, when I was in grade 7, oh God. I, that was the worst.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: I don't know. Because you know you're, you're you're grade seven, you're fragile already, and then everyone's like, "Hey, look, it's the new kid." And oh my god. Well, I can, I, I I I started. I came in. I came to Canada in grade three from England, and um, and uh, yeah, you know, just uh, I had an English accent, and they ca- I got made fun of. They called me Oliver because I had a. <laughs> You know, I just had a high voice. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> How did you lose the accent? Oh, my God. Through, well, I lost it because of necessity. I lost it in maybe four months, five months. Because when you're a kid, you can, uh, when you're a kid, you can, you could do that. You know, it's, yeah. you're, you're malleable, I guess. And, and, uh, and I, that also came in handy because as a singer, um, being able to listen to something and then steal it—that's all. It's to me, it's like the same talent, right? So getting rid of my English accent—that was a blessing, maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, so you, you talked about singing. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself a singer? Yeah. More I, than I, anything I, else. Yeah, yeah. As much as I love, I
0: love guitar. I love guitar. I love writing songs. I love producing stuff. But I'm primarily a singer.
1: Yeah. Um, when did you when did you discover your love for music or for singing?
0: Um, well, I, uh, my dad is a musician, and my dad, uh, I, he would teach me some chords on the guitar, and basically he kind of said, there's no point in playing the guitar if you're not going to sing at the same time. So from the very first time I, I strummed chords on the guitar, I, I knew I had to, I was, I was told, I had to sing at the same time, and and i and I liked singing that came very easily to me and um and then you know I would sing stuff, and I just certain things I really liked as a kid, I really liked uh Neil Young and Bob Dylan and all that kind of stuff, and I had a little tape recorder that was from a a Tandy computer, and uh I hooked up a microphone to that, and I used to use that to record too with my acoustic guitar and singing and uh i uh, i loved that process right right from the very first time i did it, i loved recording i loved it i would go to garage sales and find microphones you know and and different things and try different things and uh yeah loved that and then i and then i went i used to go record shopping and i i uh i used to buy this is like you know pre internet right so you used to go into a record shop and you would buy records cuz they looked cool And you you, you know, you that's I don't know if people I don't know if maybe that's an extinct thing now, but you used to go through. I don't think they buy
1: music anymore.
0: No, So maybe not, right? So, so I I, I would go through and I and I I remember you know, I'd buy like BB King live at uh, Cook County Jail and stuff like that. They looked really cool. And then I remember I bought this one, it was it was called Otis Redding live at the whiskey at Go Go in 1966 previously unreleased recordings and it was still (laughs) in the plastic right oh i thought that's cool i bought that and i put on the first track was a fast song the second track was a fast song and the third track i think it was the third or the fourth was like a ballad and as soon as i heard that i was like that's i gotta try and steal that i love that and it just like sends you know shivers like you know when you're 15 or whatever and you know.
1: So so that was the age? You were 15 around that time?
0: Well, I I tried to really sing properly, yeah. Like really, you know, figure out what it was that made the singers that I really loved what they were and try and take little pieces of that and make my own thing, which is tricky.
1: If we go back a bit, can you tell me a little bit about your dad, the musician? What kind of music did he play and And Uh, how did he influence you? Oh,
0: he, he, well, back in, uh, back in the early sixties, he had a band called the Layabouts in England and, uh, they played rock and roll and they, they opened for a lot of really great acts in England at the time. So from the Kinks to the Who to Tom Jones, to the Trogs, to the Pretty Things, all these bands, when they would tour around England, they'd go down to the South. They would, um, they would open for them. They were just like the local rock and roll band, you know? And so he, so, uh, and then he ran, he ran a couple of folk clubs later on um, and uh, played acoustic finger style guitar and blues finger style guitar. And uh, he, that's what he still does now. He, he uh, he loves it.
1: Um, was he a professional musician or was this more of a hobby?
0: Yeah, I think he was a professional musician as as far as, pretty much as far as one could be, you know. I think he he would always have jobs and things, but at the time, yeah, he would be
1: doing it full-time. So him telling you that you got to learn to sing when you play the guitar, what a great Mm -hmm. advice. But tell me, what else has he taught you? What what mm -hmm. else really sticks with you? Well,
0: I used to, the first instrument that I played was the violin. And I hated it. I only, I did it to get out of swimming class. So, so, which probably offends anyone that plays the violin, but they came to the class and they, and because I had come from England and we lived on this little island, it's called St. Michael's Mount, which is off the coast. So we were surrounded by ocean, but what people don't understand is that when you're a kid like that, you're taught to be deathly afraid of the ocean because it Mm. can, can kill you. So you don't right. really go swimming in it that much, <laughs> except my crazy uncle did. But um, but we, you know, so I didn't know how to swim. So I we we I had to go to swimming class in grade three, and I was petrified. And they came to the class and they said, uh, "Well, we've, we're offering violin and viola lessons, but you have to you have to miss swimming class." So I immediately <laughs> shot my arm shot my arm up, and I, and I didn't I didn't. Learn it at all. I I paid. I was the worst student, and the 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 all the other kids knew. I, were, <laughs> I had no like. I it was very. I was very unpromising, and uh, I remember. But you loved the, music. I loved music, but I hated, I hated ri- ri- You know, ri- reading it off of the, and, and the the teacher says, Jonathan, it's time you hung up your fiddle. That's what a teacher (laughs) told a kid in grade four. Great. You believe that? (laughs) So Mr. Wozellenko. So I went home to my dad and I told, I said, dad, I I don't want to do it anymore. I I I hate it. I hate it. I don't like reading it. There's to me, there was no point in reading the music off the page and playing along with other people. There was just no point. And he says, okay, come downstairs, bring your violin. And then he started playing, guitar and he said now just play whatever you think sounds good doesn't matter what the notes are just play whatever you think sounds good and so i i did that you know it probably sounded terrible but then but then i i enjoyed it and then i thought oh this must be the other side of music and ever since that that point i realized that there's you know there's two sides to music there's there's the the learning and all of the knowledge and then there's the just plain feeling part of it and that's what made me love blues music and soul music and those things is that it's 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 very unintellectual it's very just bassist you just play whatever you feel and that's what i learned i guess
1: wow another Amazing lesson, really.
0: Yeah. I, and it only occurred to me like maybe three or four years ago. I was like, I remember that, you know? And, uh, and I have lots of musicians I play with that are very studious. And, you know, Mark Wessinger is like went to university for music. And, and so I, t- I tell him, hey, this is what I want. And he'll tell me musically, in terms of, you know, uh, notation, what I'm describing to him. But to me, I I never really learned that.
1: <laughs> uh and and really never felt that you're missing anything because you didn't no. go that. Even way.
0: when I took OAC music, I had a music teacher and he says and he told me don't bother. So <laughs> he really did. He said don't bother. He said just get musicians that are good enough that you can tell them your ideas and that they'll figure that out. And that was also really good, and I, I didn't, I still didn't know how to read anything, and I feel it's stupid because you know I should, right? But and maybe it would help me, but for the type of music that we play, it's it's fairly simplistic, you know. If you look at someone that plays classical music or plays as a session musician in complex things, what we do compared to that is it's simplistic. It's more just a feel thing, right? So I never really. It never captured
1: me, you know. Although you know, it always amazes me when when I talk to classical musicians. Some of them can improvise at all. Yeah, they're very good at um, playing notes off the piece of paper and playing it with a lot of emotion immediately. Yeah, but say, can you play along with this? It's a different oh, story, I and I, it, I just find that yeah.
0: fascinating. It is fascinating. I don't know if it's a different part of the brain or what, but yeah. it is interesting.
1: So I mean, there's definitely at least two different types of music, and at a very early age, you figured that out. hmm yeah. And so when did you when did the singing part, other than your dad saying, you need to do this? When did that? Well, uh, so the, so the
0: singing part so I, I would play you know my, I, got, I got an acoustic guitar and I would, like, I would record on my tape recorder and I'd play songs that I liked. and I remember, uh, I remember I went to go and meet with some friends that had a band already. And the band didn't have a name. And um, and it was my friend Dan who was singing in the band. And I guess I must have just cuckolded him out of it because I, I seem to remember I know, we were like 15 or 16. And we called that band The Layabouts. I call that band the name the same name as my dad's band because <laughs> my dad's band hadn't been around for 30 years. So I thought, that's a cool name. I'll steal it. So, um, and so I started, I played guitar in that band and then I immediately, like in the very first time we got together, I started singing and I, and I remember the, um, like the, the, the guy was playing drums my friend, Rob and he, and I think we were just sort of like, yeah, yeah, I think you're going to be singing with the, (laughs) you're going to be the singer. And I think, you know, we were young. I don't remember it all, but I, I do remember, uh, yeah, I don't know kind of just took it over. And then immediately, you know, you, you're like, you got to sing and singing is a lot different when you play an electric guitar and you're in a small room with a bunch of guys, you're playing electric guitar and there's bass and drums. Like it's a completely different animal. Like if you've never, if you've only ever sung in the shower, it's completely different because you can't hear (laughs) what you're doing. So you have to like sing full on. And immediately I just, you know, you just, whether or not whatever you've got the, the throat for it or whatever
1: but i was able to do it and so you
0: know i enjoyed it okay
1: so you listen to otis Wedding and think i need to tap into that yeah which is which is an easy thing to say but it's a very difficult thing to do well yeah um, and I think of you as somebody who has a great voice. How did that voice, great voice come about?
0: Oh, it's terribly hard because the, the, the thing is, is that you're like a skinny white kid that's 16, <laughs> right? And so how are you going to sound like, you're not going to sound like Otis Redding. People are going to immediately think like, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> so what what do you do, right? You just do your the best that you can to, I don't know, steal bits and pieces of, of what, the, these singers that you love do and then and do it enough that it becomes like you, that you you have to do it your own way that i don't know how to describe it any better than that but and then eventually as you start to get older and whatever you, you you'd get your own voice it's, it's tricky to find that it's tricky mm-hmm. to find that and especially if you're a person that can copy things quite easily like i can copy stuff but you don't want to do that cuz then you know you're going to just not going to be your own sound so that that was tricky finding your own voice is tough is tough
1: i presume it's an ongoing process but mm-hmm. was there a point where you thought i think this is who i am this is what my voice is mm-hmm. a, a realization where you thought i've come to a place where i'm very comfortable with my voice
0: yep even when i listen to the so so the soul stack records there's 3 Um, studio albums even when I listen to the first one my voice is higher in that it's not as it doesn't have as much grit and it doesn't have as much character and I've talked with other friends of mine that are singers and I think that's one the only thing on your body that improves (laughs) with age with your (laughs) voice the only thing Everything else sags and (laughs) Your knees crumble and everything else, but your voice is like, you know, and you talk to, speak to a guy like, uh, Chuck Jackson and I've talked to him about this kind of stuff. And he's like, well, you just get more efficient at it because you don't have as much, you know, you don't necessarily have as much lung capacity. You don't have as much muscle strength or whatever. So you get more efficient at it, you know? and you listen to a guy like delbert mcclinton and delbert mcclinton his voice has gotten better over over time and notwithstanding like health challenges around it and whatever it just sounds it's got more character and that's the stuff that's what i like you know
1: at what point did you realize that your voice was an instrument beyond just like a guitar but that It's part of your body, and you have to treat it a certain way, that you you have to take care of your body. Oh,
0: But I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) No, honestly, I'm embarrassed to say this, but from the age of 12 to 22, I smoked um, like uh, at least a pack of cigarettes a day. From 12 to 22, specifically because I thought that it would destroy my voice. I, I absolutely neglected it in every possible way no, to so try sad. and beat it when up. When you
1: say specifically thought that would destroy your voice, like you wanted to destroy your voice? Yep. Or you wanted I to-
0: wanted to destroy it to make it sound more like the people who I, I like their singing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did, you, it's, did it, it even it's come terrible. close? Like it's,
0: uh, well, yeah, yeah i guess you know now now when i after i've been singing for an hour or whatever and i'm warmed up it sounds like the way i want it to sound it's got different um harmonic content above it so you have your fundamental and then you have your harmonic content above it which is kind of crispy and distorted and so yeah And now I try and now I try and treat it
1: properly. That's what's <laughs> the worst part. <laughs> just so I have it the next day. You know. So what made you quit smoking at twenty-two? Is it realization uh, that this wasn't stupid?
0: Yeah, I just realized <laughs> it was stupid. I was like, Why don't why do this despite yourself? And you know what's funny is that your voice gets better once you once you do it. It takes a little while because you get used to it because you, you have more lung you have more air capacity and more, you know your lungs are stretchier and whatever and but it's better because you can you still have all the dirty stuff but you can also do the clean stuff you it's you know it's healthier
1: so do you do vocal exercises when you said you, i I do now now. i do now yeah
0: i do now especially over covid i found like i lost some of my high range so what i do is i do i do uh, a lot of lip rolls where i go up and then i try and find sort of like what's my highest note and i'll hold that and then i'll Back off and then relax and stretch and then go back up higher again higher again until i can get my top range back
1: do you have a vocal coach how does that happen
0: no no you know what i do i just go on youtube there's all kinds of videos where you watch it and they take you through exercises and uh you know once you've done them four or five times you get the gist of what they're doing and then uh just, yeah, practice, and then also uh, take it easy, like, when you're doing your warm-up. Don't don't overdo it.
1: Okay, so tell me about Layover. Layover, is that the band?
0: Uh, the Layabouts, the, the, that's, that's not a bad name, though. The tell me
1: about the Layabouts. So you started this band, you took <laughs> over as a singer. Yeah. Um, You're 15, yeah. 16, somewhere yeah. around there?
0: Something like What, that, what yeah.
1: was the band? 15, you know? yeah.
0: Oh, it was, uh, it was just like a bunch of kids get in the basement. My brother played bass uh, only because we didn't have a bass player. <laughs> so I was like, Josh, you're going to play bass. Go loud, please. It's, don't worry. You'll be fine. And so uh, we, we he played bass and my friend Bill played guitar and my friend Rob played drums. And so it was just two guitars, bass and drums. That's all you need. And we just, you know, just played rock and roll and we wrote some of our own songs and uh, and just had fun. And, and that's what you got to do when you're 15, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So was there a point where you thought this is something you want to do as a career? I definitely
0: took it. Um, I definitely took it. I don't want to ne- necessarily say more seriously than they did, but I definitely, um, it was very important to me music was very important to me and i and i listened back to the tapes it's embarrassing because we're in the basement and I'm, and i'm like you guys gotta get this right and the, you know they're just like whatever dude and and so it's embarrassing i have the it's, it's, this is it look at this right here that's got this tape right here this Wow, I'll cassette shake it in front I'm like, yeah, cassette tape. And that's—I just found it the other day. It's like <laughs> embarrassing to me for me to listen to it. But so you're you not going to post it. that on your website. You should do it because it's humbling. You're like, oh my god, is that <laughs> how I talk to people It's 50? But um, yeah. So you know, I I took it very seriously, and then so I always had bands. Like I after you know after we were sort of done with that, I would always have bands. I played with my brother. Um, and, uh, we just, I kept it going, I kept it going, kept it going. And then, um, and then I hooked up with my friend Dylan Wickens and we, we sort of started, uh, like a blues blues bluesy kind of band, you know, Mm -hmm. and I sang in it he played guitar. And then that's how I met Tom and Harpo. Those are the guys that play in soul stack, right? Right. And, uh, Yeah. But then I knew right away, I was like, oh, we got to write songs right away. I said, like, it's cool to play blues, but that's like, that's just got to be the, the the whatever you call it, I don't know, the jumping board, the or leaping board yeah. or whatever, you know, it's get, <laughs> because you got to do your own thing, right? To me, that's very important. But how easy did that come about? <sighs> um, well, writing songs, it's tough. It's very, it's tough, it, but uh, what I did, what we did at first is we would sort of take, so we would take songs that we knew and then we would jam them until they became fairly unrecognizable. And then we would realize that we had taken this song and made something new out of it. And then we would look at each other and we'd say, well, we, now we got to write some lyrics. And so that's what we did. So that's one way of doing it. If, you know, it's kind of, it's easy because you get to have, it's fun. You get to play and change the thing around and change chords around, substitute chords, figure out new grooves. And then one of the guys says, Oh, I got an idea for the lyrics. And so you start writing it out. And then, uh, and then that turns into like getting a little bit of good feedback from that stuff. And it reinforces you. So you feel like, Oh, maybe I could just write something from scratch. And, and
1: uh, I love doing it. It's terribly tricky for me, but I love it. How does that process happen? Is it is it based on projects that are coming up that you have to do a record and you have to record or create 15 songs? Or is it based on just you always got your antennas up and you're ready to Yeah, write? you always
0: have your antennas up. It's nice having a cell phone nowadays because, you, you know, you've got a little app on it. You can record your ideas. So my phone is full of these things where it's like, me driving is and, and then you're like and I'm I like hum something in it and then I go home later and I'm trying to decipher what it was that I was humming. Because <laughs> right? the rhythm and the other parts were in my head. And uh any guy that writes songs the cell phone is great for that. It's amazing, right? Uh, and then I um, I sometimes will just write lyrical ideas. So I have like a collection of those. And sometimes I'll get a musical thing, I'll come home and I'll play it. And then I look through my notes for something that could fit it. And more often than not, I've got something that I've written that I can shoehorn into it lyrically um, to adjust the meter so it fits that musical idea. And then I have like a little demo and I'll send that, to the guys and uh and then they'll you know one sometimes they'll like mark will suggest different things or stuff like that you know and and uh, then it turns into something when you get together and play it
1: so when you're driving is there musical ideas or even if you're not driving are there musical ideas just flowing through your head all the time like how does that happen
0: well almost all the time yeah yeah almost all the time
1: So sometimes
0: you'll be listening to something on the radio. And so like I'll, you know, I have like Sirius XM. So I go to all the different channels and I don't leave it on one. I'll change, I'll change it to something that's completely unrelated to the genre that I would normally listen to or whatever. And then I'll just turn it off and I'm driving along and I just get like a little idea and then I'll keep going with it. And sometimes I'll just drive because I want to keep doing it, end up in the middle of nowhere. And then, um, (laughs) You know, jot it down and uh, and then try, yeah, make something out of it, you know. And uh, so the projects, having to do an album does force you to organize them. Otherwise, you end up with a laptop full of 25 songs that are a third finished or a half finished. And when you have the goal of making an album, then you're like, all right, well, I got to finish these. And that's, so that's one good thing, you know, is, is having to get together with the guys and play them forces you to like finish your lyrics or finish your pre-chorus or whatever you've got to change, you know? And um, yeah. And then sometimes you go, like, I'll go over to a friend's house and I'll say, Hey, I got this idea of this song I've been writing. And, and then uh, I do that with my friend Matt and I, I played a, song he'll sit down at the piano and he goes hey what about this and I go oh yeah okay and that really helps because it keeps the momentum going momentum is really important
1: so if I was to ask you when you were with Dylan so this would have been the Wiccan's night band mm-hmm. if you did you what would have been the goal of that band or what would your goal have been musically at that point Similar to what it
0: is now, I guess it's just to to make original music that is that um, sits somewhere between genres, and it's not just blues, and it's not just soul music, uh, and it's got our own individual things in it. But I needed I needed keyboards, and I needed. Um, I needed to get it to the next level of uh, complexity, and so I could I couldn't really do it in that band, and and so Dylan like Dylan Dylan and I had Soulstack that like I think he probably even came up with the name, um, and then he decided that he wanted to go and do his own thing and sing and stuff, and uh, so I was like left with him. I was like well okay I'm gonna get a keyboard player I got. My friend Lori to start playing keys and uh and I wanted to make it more of a like roots somewhere between roots rock and soul music somewhere in there
1: and do you have did you have a specific sound in mind
0: yeah, somewhere between i don't know like it's it's hard to describe that right, but somewhere between the meters and little feet and otis redding and staples singers somewhere in there like all those things kind of in a but while still being able to do it and not sounding like you're making a caricature of
1: them right and and so you've done three studio albums a couple of live projects Mm -hmm. yep is this projection that you had anticipated? Well right now it's difficult because we're all scattered
0: all over the place. So you know, Tom is uh Tom is out east right now and Mark is uh has a, a young child and um so we're do- trying our best at the moment to keep things on the the, the rails. And so I said to, uh, I said to the guys the other day, I said, I was like, Hey, I got some new songs. I'm going to send them to you and give me your thoughts on it. And so that's how we keep it going. Just new songs. Cause otherwise we get sick of the old ones, right? right. Like we've <laughs> played them so many times and you know, <laughs> we end up, if you're playing a song and the musicians aren't looking at you as kind of like the conductor of the band, then they know the song too well and you need to change it up. You got to change it up because otherwise it
1: just gets, can get stagnant. So you guys played not too long ago, but before that, and obviously nobody played during the pandemic, but um mm-hmm. was it, let's talk about the pandemic and how it affected you. How did it, did it make you more creative, less creative?
0: Uh some guilt associated with it because you've got all this time and you're not necessarily more creative. So you're like, well, all I wanted before was more time to be creative and now I have nothing but time. You know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like, you ever watch the twilight zone? Mm -hmm. You ever watched that one where the guy, all the guy wanted was time. And then he (laughs) falls asleep in the, in the, in the, uh, in the vault underground and then there's an atomic bomb goes off and he comes out and he's got nothing but time and his glasses fell off. Remember that? There was so much
1: time.
0: (laughs) That's what it's like, right? So you got all this time, but then you don't necessarily feel like uh, doing stuff because you kind of, look at the news and things like that. And it gets you a bit down. And so, so actually what I did a lot of, a lot of the stuff I did over the pandemic was helping other musician friends of mine. So, because I have, uh, I have cameras and recording gear and everything else. I decided that I would learn how to do really good live streams and, uh, and I would do them with musician friends of mine or for musician friends of mine. And then I felt like, well, if I can help them kind of follow their dreams a bit, um, then that's, that's a positive thing.
1: Okay, so the, the other thing is, I, I, I would presume you're very business-minded because you're a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. You run a video production company. Mm-hmm. You also run a studio. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the video production came out of your, your need for music or to create music.
0: Yeah, it came out of working well, I was a video editor for years, right? Okay. And uh I was video editor like in a in a commercial studio. Oh, I and didn't then, know that. And then um, and then uh a, a few years ago I decided because, I, you know when you do something for a job you start you kinda start to hate it?
1: Sometimes. Very much so.
0: Yeah, yeah, i sure, right? <laughs> Someone's like, you know, like the last thing you want to do, like you're if you're if you do videography, the last you're not walking around taking videos <laughs> with your camera <laughs> when you're at home, right? You know that's the last thing you want to do. Right. But but I did it as a job. So I you know, I used to cut TV commercials and I and I worked on a sports program and I and all that stuff. And I got um I got really sick of it and I moved on to another career entirely. Um, and then, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, five years ago, I was like, well, I'm going to go and look and see if what the, how the technology is. Cause I haven't seen it in 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, we used to have this really fancy, I remember just our tape deck was like 70,000 bucks. And I went to, to uh, the store and the guy's like, oh yeah, none of that exists anymore. That's <laughs> completely gone. Like, what? And he's like, yo, yeah, you can buy this camera and you can buy a, a laptop and you can make like incredible videos and I thought, Oh my God, that's cool. Okay. Well now I'm going to, I'm getting interested in it again. So I started doing it for soul stack. So when we go in the studio, you know, we'd set up a bunch of cameras and then do a multi-camera shoot of the songs. And, uh, and lately I find like, there's almost no point in making music if you're not going to make video at the same time um, for the purposes of, the public consuming it there's there's they they just don't consume music the way that they did you have to have video with it it's it's just like i, t- I tell that to all my friends like it's it doesn't matter you could be literally sitting on the toilet mouthing the words to you thing, but people will watch it 10 times more than if you just post audio right so uh that's what i've been i've been helping people out doing that
1: and uh i love it i love doing that stuff how does it make you feel as a musician so because in your mind I presume that you think of creating CDs and records and whatever Mm -hmm. that's probably what comes to mind when you say let's work on the next recording project and Mm -hmm. now you're thinking well it has to be more than that we have to now have visual elements and Mm -hmm. whether it be just you video of you guys in the studio but well it's not
0: great because I'm getting older and uglier so that's not good (laughs) But your voice um, is
1: sounding better.
0: My voice is sounding, and cameras and lenses are getting better. So, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're revealing
1: more details of my face. It's not good. <laughs> but, but does that change the approach to recording, to I think, doing an I album? Think, I think, uh, no, no, I don't think it does. I, I
0: I think you just have to have it in mind. You know, you have to, so you, so it's like, if you're in the studio and it's going, well, you you could just, you just got to think about having cameras running and how, what you could do and not interfere with the process too much. But when you know, you're going to do a good take, you make sure the cameras are running and then you deal with the stuff later. And then, or, uh, you decide that you're going to make a music video and make it, it doesn't have to be it could just be stupid, right? It could just be like a bunch of guys sitting around and mouthing the words or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's easy to cut that stuff now. So, um, I just think you got to think about it.
1: Which makes sense. And you've done a lot of videos. Tell me about that wind tunnel video.
0: Oh yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> they actually cut that one together. That, that was, uh, um, um, how do we get that? I, uh, yeah so we we got to go to this uh place they have this amazing wind tunnel, and they haven't they have an anechoic chamber there too, which is creepy because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in an anechoic chamber but it's 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 where there's no reverberant sound whatsoever yeah and so you go in there and it's immediately claustrophobic because you feel like there's you're in a uh, it's hard to describe because it's it's just it's very weird, so we went in that and then we did the we did, we went in this wind tunnel and I told them, I was like, turn that thing up as, as far <laughs> as we can, like, before we just get like blown away. And, uh, yeah. Oh God. I had, I had wind burn on my face for like three or four days. after <laughs> that. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, is that the lights that they had, they have these lights that are, are, they've got ultraviolet in them. So, and I, I didn't realize that, but you, you get like a, like a sunburn too.
1: And I like I'm pretty white. <laughs> was, like, was like but I don't understand how you wound up like getting there. I mean, was this because of the band? Was this be- like what was the connection between the band and you guys winding up in this wind ch- tunnel?
0: Yeah, they just uh, they just asked us to come and uh, shoot like a promo video there. Wow! And uh, I talked to the guys. I said, "Let's go." And we didn't really know what to expect. And they gave us a tour there. And they showed us all the technology and everything. And uh, yeah,
1: it was just really, uh, it was unusual. It was great. Okay. So from the outside, I see this person who who seems to have their act together in, in creating video production company and a studio and, and whatever you do with real estate. Are you mm-hmm. goal-oriented? No. No. <laughs> oh, really? No.
0: No, no, because I mean, I, I am with, I am with, uh, I no I am with making albums and stuff because otherwise you just would never get it done, you know? So you make a spreadsheet and you say, okay, these are our eight or 10 songs and these are the stages of completion that we have them in. Because if you don't, it's never going to get completed. But uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I would say we just, just roll with it really you know and the doing the videos has just been because people have asked me to do them and uh, I love doing them and it's fun and I like buying different cameras and experimenting with stuff and uh, and I like doing things on a shoestring budget too um, and I like when the edits don't take me two weeks they just take me a day and just slap it together and let's do it and then put it out <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and 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 and, I, and all the things that all the things that i i like musically are all flawed everything i like musically is flawed so um the recordings i like the songs i like uh i like when it's not perfect as soon as it's perfect i, I automatically don't like it and um so when you approach doing videos like that as well, and you're just like, well, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect. It's just got to be cool and it's got to be done quickly and get it out there and have it serve its purpose. That's very liberating, you know, because when I worked as an editor in the studio, everything has to be perfect, right? Nothing can be like one frame. It's off or whatever it's you fixing it. And it's not to say I don't have attention to detail, but, when we're doing these, I just did a music video for my friend, Matt Whitinger for his new song. You know, we just, we shot it in, I don't know, maybe three hours, right? We shot him playing the instruments from every angle. Uh, So we shot him playing the drums, the bass, guitar, organ. Uh, We did three takes of him um, playing piano outside. And then I brought it home and I dropped it all in there and i synced everything up and i cut i cut it like in an hour and a half and then i sent it to him and he's like ah we make a few tweaks but so far (laughs) yeah yeah. so you know it's just put it out right and it makes sense it's, it's great
1: and uh so yeah um musically we said the goals were the same as what you what it was with with dylan but um has anything changed? I mean, obviously the landscape has changed greatly. So, does that change the way you approach things? Um,
0: I I have more um, I have more concrete ideas in my mind, production-wise, of things. I know kind of exactly what um, I want it to sound like, and the the uh, the and I like it, the. the I like to make it as gritty as I can now. That's what, that's what I like aesthetically. So, and that actually takes more work than having it sound clean and perfect.
1: <laughs> Describe gritty or <laughs> explain gritty to
0: me. Uh, I don't know. If you listen to like, listen to the meters, listen to the first meters album. It's the best one, in my opinion. And because everything is, um, you know, the pro the process of, um, in in any type of art of taking taking it and having it expressed as the simplest possible version of whatever it is you're trying to do is the process of artistic abstraction which is which makes good art and the simpler you can do it while still having it convey the message that you want the better it's going to be in my opinion and so that is a, that's a thing when you have five or six people playing with you, right? Everyone has to be as minimalist as you can. Um, or else it's just like, a, it's cacophony. It's like too much. And so that, in my mind, as time goes on, I try and do things as simply as they can be musically.
1: And that includes singing. So because the band is so far apart now, you go in the studio with a click track, do your song and then you No, we
0: no click tracks anymore. No. Last album I s Tom Tom Bono wanted to use that I said nope, no click track. But what about that <laughs> no, nope, no click track.
1: Okay, but, be just feel, yeah. But so your your personal meter is that accurate? Like, I mean, if if I not if, mine, mine's terrible. <laughs> His is good enough.
0: I just said I'm like, have some confidence in yourself. Okay, no, man. so okay. You,
1: so what I meant was, you come up with an idea. Everybody's spread yeah. out all over the country now, so yeah. you can't get together well, to play. We're, right? we're not
0: going to do it till we get together.
1: Oh, Okay, but if I mean, you have we, a new we, song idea, you just
0: no. that I do do to a click. yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll. So what I'll do is like I'll I'll I'll. I'll program a very basic drum beat, I'll play the song to it, I'll I'll note the tempo, I will send the tempo and the drum, the mix with the drum beat to Tom, and then also send him a mix without the drums. And then he can set it up to a click. But we're not going to make a record like that.
1: So it's just That's, to learn and work on a song.
0: That is to work on a song and to, to just feel like we're still cre- creating. Yeah.
1: So being a part and working like that, um, what in the last year and a half during the pandemic um, has changed you musically? Like, have you been listening to anything differently or has anything changed about the way you listen to or that you create music because of what you've gone through?
0: Nope. Nothing. No change. I wish, it feels like I've just been in, in like, you know, in a movie, you know, in the movies where they send a person to outer space and they (laughs) stick them in that chamber. Yeah. except I'm a bit fatter. And, (laughs) and, uh, I had to, when we went to go play together for the first time with the band, like, Oh my God, I felt so out of shape singing. Right. (laughs) And I thought, okay, well I better hit the treadmill. (laughs) (laughs) but uh but no musically when we got together we hadn't played together in uh like a year or a year and a half and we knew exactly what we wanted to do and we all i did was i looked at the guys and i said it's like everyone just chill just everyone just chill don't try and take out all of your musical frustrations on your instrument (laughs) just chill right (laughs) um and so, and it was great because we, we did where we it's like, all right, just lay back, just laid back. Cause that's the kind of, kind of music, you, you know, blues and blues derived and blues influenced
1: music. It's just, you has gotta be relaxed. Okay. So not knowing what the world is going to be like six months or a year from now, mm-hmm. do you have a direction that you're going towards or do you have goals or things that you want to accomplish?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So I have, uh, I've got, I don't know, maybe, uh, before, we, before the pandemic, we, we had, uh, uh, we probably had 15 songs that we were working on and then, um, and, and so we've got to go back to those and we record, we rehearsed and we record our rehearsals when we do those. So we got to go back to those and see which ones, uh, maybe it's good. Cause now you go back and some of them, you would like, oh, that was cheesy or whatever. And, um, gives you a little bit of that. You know, when you, when you're you're an artist, you make a, a record and you listen back to it a year later. There's things you hate about it and there's things you like. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that will be good. I don't know. But uh yeah, we got songs and you know, we just gotta get together. I'm getting together with uh with Chris, uh Chris Lada, who plays guitar with us tomorrow, and we're gonna just uh hang out and play guitar amps and mess around and I'll play him some of the songs. And uh, I've also been writing some of the songs with a new songwriting partner on some of them too. uh, My friend Steve Hogg, and Steve played with Ian Thomas. And uh, he's the guy that came up with the bass line and painted ladies and stuff. He's a good guy, and he's a very, very uh, knowledgeable musician, unlike me. So he's one of those guys where I can say, I got this stupid idea, and he goes, oh, that's this. And he knows exactly what to play with it, right? So, yeah. All right. Yeah, but uh, new songs, I guess.
1: Always new songs. Um, I should wrap Mm -hmm. this up. Let me ask you one more question. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what's the greatest thing you've learned from music?
0: Greatest thing I've learned from music is that it doesn't matter what the technical aspect is it all boils down to what the feeling and how you convey that to the audience the technical aspects are almost irrelevant and just the feel and if you can get the emotion to the audience they'll like it and they'll enjoy it
1: well said thanks Jonathan for doing this
0: my pleasure I really thank appreciate you. It. I know it's been yeah, a while since
1: we first initially talked about this but
0: oh no it's great I'm so it's, it's excited
1: I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you even remembered <laughs> <laughs> of course I did thank you so much for doing this my pleasure thank you